Happy Memorial Day! It is Monday, Memorial Day. It's been a great day, and I decided to release a podcast, get it out in the evening. So, but this was a good one. It took me a little bit. Um, Sleepy Creepy Joe says something ungood. Not that ungood, but it went it went viral. But it was so ungood, everyone ignored what he really said throughout the interview. It only took him seven seconds, ten seconds to gaff, but he gaffed through the entire video. Let's talk through the entire interview. Let's talk about it. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey! I hope your your uh, holiday went really well. Mine went very well. I had a great time. Uh, we went to Santa Barbara this weekend. Me, Josie, and her kids. Unfortunately, Santa Barbara still hasn't joined the rest of the world and opened up, so it was kind of not as much fun. Luckily, we got a better uh, hotel room, so we spent some time in the hotel. We still had some great food, so it was good. It was it was a lot of fun. Today, kick back, watch some movies. Didn't do too much today, but what really is happening is Sleepy Creepy Joe was interviewed by Charlemagne the God. And that's God with a capital G on Friday, Friday morning, actually. And I'll get more into this God guy a little bit later because the guy's an ass. And we're going to we're going to talk about that. Joe made a very off color statement at the end of the show. Um, Because of this, no one actually talked about the interview and about some of the things he's saying, even conservative uh, circles are not bringing it up. And I, I think that's really something because he said a lot of things in that 20 minute. It was, the video was about 18 minutes. You go to dumbasses talking politics, you connect.com. You can actually go and, and you can watch the full interview. It is, it is a video, but fact is I thought everyone got their panties in a bunch for something that was really not all that meaningful not that big of a deal. Was it a gaff? Yeah, it was a gaff. But I'm tolerant in that way. So I guess things like that don't bother me too much. But there are some minor issues we can take from it. And I mean minor issues. The discussion question happened at the end of the interview. Uh, everyone has talked about it, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. about it. And the contentious nature of the part of the interview is kind of iffy. It didn't sound like it was real contentious. As a matter of fact, Charlemagne didn't even sound like he was all that upset about it. But let's listen. You can listen to it. We'll talk about it. And if you listen to any other political podcast, I'm sure they made a big stink about it. I just didn't think it was that big of a deal. Listen. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. I will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want something for my community. I would love to see Take you. Take a look at my record, man. I extended the voting racks 25 years. I have a record that is second to none. The NAACP has endorsed me every time I've run. The war, I mean, come on. Take a look at the record. Okay. Joe apologized for the statement. He said it was an off-the-cuff statement, and it was in poor taste. And it probably was. It's just another gaffe. I don't think it's, is the statement racist? It's prejudiced. 
I don't know if it's a rate it's racist, but it does show something about Joe and the rest of the Democratic Party. They feel entitled to the black vote. They really don't understand why a black person would vote for a Republican. I consider this amazing, considering the first Republican president was Abraham Lincoln, who ran on ending slavery. I find it amazing that Jim Crow was implemented by a Democratic Supreme Court. I find it amazing that the Jim Crow laws were enforced by Southern Democrats. I find it amazing the Civil Rights Bill was passed by the Democrat Lyndon B. Johnson that said that every N-word would be voting Democrat for the next hundred years if he signed that bill. And let's call it what it is. Johnson was an ardent racist from Texas. I mean, he's just, he was an absolute racist. But we don't do history in this country. We forget that Martin Luther King was a moderate Republican, though he has a soft spot for Marxism. George Wallace, the Democratic governor from Alabama, called the National Guard to stop the integration of the University of Alabama. We forget that the Declaration of Independence was written based on the belief that slavery was wrong, and slave owners like Thomas Jefferson and um, George Washington believed the document could hold no merit if slavery was allowed to continue. But they also realized that slavery was not something that they could just rip out from under everybody. We'd end up in two, we'd end up being two countries, and it went like that for another hundred years. The question I have for you is, why did blacks start voting Democrat, and when did Republicans become so evil? The answer is simple, because Republicans believe in the individual, of individual success, and the separation of the individual from government, and that the government's job is, only, there are only three things the government is there to do, protect us from, out, from outside forces, uh, uh, solve interstate commerce and protect our rights. That's all, uh, protect our rights, which are found in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the amendments. That's all government is supposed to do. By the way, you might hear a lot of partying. They're actually partying outside, so I still wanted to do this. So if you hear a lot of Mexican music, it is Memorial Day, so I guess Mexican music's okay. I'm good, as long as they're having fun. The victim culture, but I'll continue now. The victim culture, which some blacks are a part of, don't like the fact that the government is not giving them something. And the left, who believes in this, um, in this group over individual, this um, community over individual, they like to push this to the blacks and they like to say, hey, it's time for you to, um, it's time for you folks to sit and get your just desserts because of the injustices in the world. Of course, what the Democrats don't mention is the injustices of the world were actually caused by the Democrats. <laughs> they don't tell you that. Matter of fact, most Democrats say, well, we're not really that Democratic Party anymore. That's not true. They still are the same group. Same party, same belief system. Um, let me tell you, there are a lot of blacks who don't buy this crap. And they know their success would not happen with an, without the hands-off approach of the government. 
If you have any doubts, ask Thomas Sowell, Candace Owens, Clarence Thomas, Ben Carson, P. Diddy, Kanye West, Larry Elder, Colin Powell, Condoleezza Rice, Vernon Parker, Lynn Swan, Diamond and Silk, Alan West, Tim Scott, and Herman Cain. And that's just to name a few. I learned this way back. I learned this uh, when I was working, and I was working with a black... He was a very well-to-do black man. He, he uh, We were selling boots at the time, and we were just talking one day, and I wasn't really political at the time. And he told me one day, he said, remember, everything is up to you. He was a conservative black man. He was not a, a wildly liberal black man. He was very conservative, actually. Probably more conservative than I am. I think you'd probably call him a white supremacist if it was me. If, it, if I said it. But he said, you control your own destiny. No one is going to give you anything. And you shouldn't take anything. But you should strive and you will succeed. And it was a very powerful statement. And he was successful in everything he did. He's gone now. But, uh, and God rest his soul. But he was an influence. And a lot of black people think this. But it also shows the arrogance of, uh, the, arrogance of the Democratic Party, which Biden is a part of, because a lot of Democrats believe that. Do I think it was racist what he said? I don't think it was racist. I think it was a gaffe. I think he pulled the curtain back. And we see how the Democrats really are. Because that is how they really are. And they've been like that since Johnson back in the 60s. But here's the thing. Everyone made a big stink off over that comment. But the comment was nothing compared to the actual interview. In fact... The interview was quite revealing about Joe Biden and the goals of the left. Revealing and disturbing. And it also showed about the interviewer. Uh, Charlemagne the God was actually a terrible interviewer. Yeah, he spells his name wrong. He spells it with an E instead of an A. He spells the wrong. So it's Charlemagne, T-H-A. And he capitalizes his G. This piece of crap is trash, as far as I'm concerned. You do not, there's only one G in God that is capitalized, and that is the God. Period. So in Judaism, it's Yahweh. In uh, Islam, is is Allah. But God is the only thing that is capitals. But his interviewing skills sucked. Or... He just ignored it because Biden is the only chance to enact, to have the ability to enact what he wants. And we're going to talk about this. So he's crap. So the first thing that he asks uh, Joe Biden about is his capacity. In other words, Joe Biden's going senile. He is going senile. And if you listen to the interview, he does sound like he's going senile. And if you, if you, and that last comment he made, the comment that I started with, he sounds like he's going senile. It's, this is a guy who doesn't think. He just starts talking. I know lots of people who are older that do the same thing. He, they insult people and they don't even realize they're doing it. That's okay. But Biden gives him an answer. 
listen to this answer and it doesn't actually, it shouldn't actually make anyone feel better about Joe Biden's mental capacity. You know, it's a, it's a lot of right wing media outlets. They, they question you. They question your cognitive health. They don't they don't think <laughs> they don't think everything's working upstairs. What, what do you say to that? I said I can hardly wait to meet with that guy who is the stable genius. <laughs> There's nothing stable about that guy. <laughs> OK, that was it. No follow up questions, no questions about his creepy behavior, no questions about his gaffes. Hell, I'll save you the suspense. There was no question in the entire interview about sexual assault that may or may not have happened. But the reality is, if this was a Republican, we'd be talking about this for months. That was the question about Biden being senile. Nothing else came about. That is crappy interviewing. Here's the thing. Biden is senile. He's definitely off. It's not brought up for a reason. That comes later when he, it, it's, it, that comes later when he's asked if he's going to have a black woman as the vice president. I already know, four minutes into the interview, this is a crappy interviewer who is trying to push a narrative. He is trying to sit back and it's all about the black community. That's it. Nothing else. And the reason, I, I, I didn't really bring it up, but I do. The reason that he doesn't push this he's senile is because he wants, Charlemagne wants a black female presidential, vice presidential not candidate. And the reason he wants a black female vice presidential candidate is because Sleepy Creepy Joe is going to resign a year, maybe two, into the presidency. He's never going to be able to keep up. He can't even keep up in the in the uh, campaign. And I find it amazing that his answer is, I can't wait to debate him. Trump's ready. Trump's not hiding. He's there. He's out there. He went and played golf today in Memorial Day. Good for him. That's what he should be. Or was it yesterday? I don't know. He played golf. You you would have heard. The guy has been stuck in the White House for the last three months. Nancy Pelosi has been eating ice cream in her compound in Napa Valley. But President Trump goes to play golf one day. I believe it was in South Carolina or Virginia. And everyone's giving him crap. Sleepy Creepy Joe hasn't been out of his basement. Today was the first time he's been out of his basement in three months to lay a wreath at a Delaware park someplace. He wasn't even at a memorial anywhere, wearing full masks outside, which I think is stupid. When he asked Biden about his hiding out in his basement, Sleepy Creepy Joe gave three answers. He was following the law in Delaware. So Delaware basically maintains social distancing maintains home uh, quarantine, things like that. So he says he's following the law. Yeah, he doesn't have to stay in Delaware. <clears throat> he can actually go have debates. He can actually go out and make talks, be interviewed by news stations. He can do things. Trump is, Cuomo is, Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York. Uh, Gavin Newsom is, governor of California. I'm pretty sure... 
if Joe Biden wanted to go into a public place and make a statement, people are going to listen to him, more than likely. They don't want him to because he's nuts and he can't speak without gaffing. And they figure, you know, hey, we're doing great in the national polls. Let's just keep him in the basement. The second reason, he's winning the national polls. So he figures it doesn't matter if he stays in his basement or not. Well, here's the problem. National polls are not exactly indicative of how the presidential election is going to run. Let's remember this. A national election for president is not one election. It's 50 state elections. That's where this electoral college comes from into play. And we're going to talk about the Electoral College, and we're going to talk about how the Democrats are trying to overturn the election by November. Paper ballots, ballot harvesting, no IDs, um, uh, what I just talked about a couple seconds ago, um, um, uh, paper ballots, mail-in ballots. All this stuff is because they know they cannot win. And right now, the reality is, in the states that really count, Biden is losing. He's losing in Wisconsin. He's losing in Pennsylvania. He's getting killed in Florida. He is losing the state elections. There is even talk he's having problems in California. But California does cheat. Again, that's going to be a podcast later this week because it's really bothering me. And it's time that I, I do want to talk about it. Finally, he said... The polls today, when Charlemagne brought up, well, I mean, the polls had Hillary winning and blah, blah, blah. He said, well, the polls are today are different because Hillary was incompetent. Oh, wow. Way to embrace your competence. Way to embrace your own party. Hillary was incompetent. She was a crappy candidate. No one liked her. Now, in all, were these answers great? Obviously not. They were crappy answers. But here's the problem. Trump is doing everything he should be doing. First off, Trump is pushing freedom for the citizens. The citizens want to be out of their homes. They do not see this as something that is working. And Trump is pushing. Just Friday, he sat back and released a CDC recommendation to allow churches to open. Churches were considered non-essential, and they opened at the same stage, a stage three or stage four, depending on where you are, the same stage that gyms and nail salons were considered. But it was never considered essential, so they kept the churches closed. The second thing Trump is doing is he's in public, and he's in public talking to people. He's not showing fear. A lot of people give him crap because he doesn't wear a mask. On Friday, he went to Michigan to uh, go to, through the Ford plant and look at the uh, production of respirators and to congratulate all of, the, uh, all of the workers. He didn't wear a mask. And that was a great, that was an absolutely great appearance. He got a lot of crap for it, but the reality is he's not afraid. He wants to go out there. Yes, wearing a mask protects other people. But he's the president of the United States. He needs to be presidential. He needs to be strong. And he's showing that. Finally, again, national polls just don't mean anything. 
So it, it would be interesting to see what is going to happen. Right now, the understanding is the real polls are basically saying Biden has about 42 percent, whereas Trump is about 50. And Trump's approval numbers are highest now than they've ever been. So I'm not sure where all these polls are coming from, but these polls really do show Trump in very good position. Here's one of the reasons why the Democrats will always have a problem winning a national election, especially while people my age are still alive. My age, heck, I think we're even changing now. Biden lists some goals of his presidency. Listen to this. I'm the guy that said we ought to take hard records and find out exactly how many people in the black community are getting COVID and are dying from it. And look what's happened. Now everybody's going, oh, surprise, surprise. Look, everybody knows this. We have to come back. We have to fight back. And, you know, the crisis lays laying bare the institutional racism that's still prevalent in our society. And I believe we have to address it by transforming our economy and this time bringing everybody along. And we haven't, look, he started to undermine the pillars of his economy before. Look, the blinders, Charlemagne, in my view, have been taken off. Here's, here he makes the Wuhan flu into a race issue. The reality is it's not a race issue, but a lifestyle issue. It's the same reason Spain and Italy have high levels. The black community, the Hispanic community, they do things with the family in the same way that Spain and Italy do things with the family. That's why Spain and Italy have high levels of COVID deaths. And they're, those countries are white. Now, unlike what they wouldn't want to say, what the Democrats want to tell you is COVID is attacking blacks because of the United States. That doesn't make sense. Biden takes a leftist position here. We have to fight back. The United States did not cause the virus. Fighting back is not going to change anything. Fighting back against the institutions of the United States, fighting back against capitalism, against freedom, the First and Second Amendment. <clears throat> this has nothing to do with the virus. Absolutely zero. People aren't dying because of injustice. They're dying because of this virus. And they're dying because in certain communities, they do not stay away from the older community. The reality is, and Biden doesn't want to say this, and he actually mentions that, you know, hey, he would have done it the same way Trump did, but a week earlier, it would have saved 36,000 lives. He says this in this interview. Even though when Trump closed travel, he was being called xenophobic by Biden. So it, it, Biden's just full of crap in this whole thing. And to sit back and say this, the reason blacks are dying more than whites, it's not really irrelevant as far as the institution of the United States. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with lifestyle. It has to do how often you see older people how often you hang out with family. It has to do with underlying conditions. Those underlying conditions include obesity, uh, high blood pressure, um, uh, diabetes, things of that nature. And you've got to look at the lifestyle to determine why maybe the black uh, community is suffering from those conditions. It's how are they living their lifestyle. So this was really overdone.
And then he brings up institutional racism. Well, here's the thing. Institutional racism doesn't exist in the United States. Do you know why I know this? Because it did for about 150 years. And I know what it looks like. And I've seen what it looks like. I have a story about a discussion of institutional racism with a family member. He once said, he sat back and said, institutional racism is when a white woman is walking down the street, sees a black man walking in the, walking in the opposite direction, and she crosses the street. That's not racism. That's not institutional. It's definitely not institutional racism. And that's definitely not, that's possible, probably not racism at all. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a prejudice. Or maybe she's just living on a, really bad neighborhood. I, I This is the reason I keep telling people do not use um, metaphors or do not use analogies to make arguments. This was a bad argument because the reality is, well, what if it was a black woman walking down the street? She sees a black man and it's a high crime neighborhood. Maybe she'd cross the street. It, it's, a, it's a lousy metaphor. Either way, the analogy does not prove institutional racism. It just proves some people are prejudiced and some people are. Some people are racist. But I'll tell you why I know that we don't have institutional racism because here's our things that were based on institutional racism. The murdering of Emmett Till. The murdering and the prosecution of the murderers of Emmett Till. Is, a, is an example of institutional racism. Rosa Parks being arrested on a bus because she wanted to sit in the white area and not the back of the bus is a sign of institutional racism. The, the garbage that Jackie Robinson had to deal with when he played Major League Baseball and where he, the things he had to do because the law required it, that's institutional racism. The reaction to the march on Selma by the police, this is an example of institutional racism. The integration of the University of Alabama under Kennedy, and then George Wallace sits back and tries to prevent them, that was the ending of institutional racism when the law said, no, you're wrong, and we're not going to do that. It doesn't exist in this country anymore. And if there is even a scent of institutional racism, it is justifiably attacked and eliminated. And the scariest words from Creepy, uh, from Creepy Joe's mouth, we need to transform our economy. This is really scary. And we shouldn't be using a pandemic to suddenly change capitalism. And this is what should have been taken out of this interview. Not that garbage he said at the end. Capitalism is fantastic. It's created the richest economy, the most innovative economy in world history. Capitalism, especially in the United States, created the internet, the iPhone, the computer, most disease uh countering drugs, the pet rock, the car, the airplane, space flight. Hell, we've landed on the moon, took 
took the United States, has landed on the moon, been the only country that has had a man step foot on the moon, and we did it, I want to say four or five, we did it a bunch of times. We've took pictures of Mars. We've landed on Mars with, uh, uh, with um, robots. We've taken close-up pictures of Saturn, Jupiter, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Our innovation in capitalism was able to create 100,000 ventilators and millions, if not billions, of PPEs in just a couple of months during this pandemic. Hell, we just gave a few, about, I think it was 5,000 ventilators to Brazil yesterday on Sunday. Because we created so many ventilators. We needed so many ventilators. Andrew Cuomo, we're all going to die because we don't have enough ventilators. We created so many ventilators. Now they're giving them away. California is giving them away. New York is giving them away. And Sleepy Creepy Joe wants to transform the economy? This is insanity. But the reality is most of the country realizes it's insanity. And this is what might cost Joe Biden, the true moderate of the Democratic Party, that might cost Biden the actual election. The next clip shows how Biden is just an arrogant piece of crap. And Charlemagne, Charlemagne the God, is a crappy interviewer. Let's listen. I'm, I'm glad that you say that. Um, I don't know if you saw a couple weeks ago, um, Sean Combs, you might, you might know him as Diddy. Yeah. He said what I believe a lot of black voters, including myself, feel, and that's that Democrats take black voters for granted. You know, um, votes are quid pro quo, right? It's not like I don't want to vote. I just want to know what candidates will do for us in exchange for our votes. The same way young progressive Latinos or the LGBT community. Absolutely. We want the same thing. Do you feel like black people are owed that from the Democratic Party? Absolutely, Bob. What would I say? Remember when I said Biden can't win the primaries? Yes. I kicked everybody's ass. I, excuse me. It I don't like that. I need you to say that. You did no, what? No. I won overwhelmingly. I told you when I got to South Carolina, I won every single county. I won a larger share of the black vote than anybody has, including Barack. I increased the vote in Virginia overwhelmingly by 70%. Look, what people don't know about me is I come from a state that's the eighth largest black population in America the eighth largest, I get 96% of that vote for the last 40 years. So much for ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country, which, by the way, was a moderate Democrat and John F. Kennedy, because now they're basically saying, you got to do things for us. you got to do things for us, and then we'll vote for you. How about you do things for the country? For example, when President Trump, when President Trump said unemployment is down, he didn't say unemployment for whites was down. Unemployment for whites, Hispanics, Asians, blacks, women, men, young, old, it all went down. But for some reason, that's not good enough. Because someone, because we don't do the idea. Here's the problem with identity politics too. There are too many identities. You can't promise each identity a separate promise. It's just impossible. You promise the country what you're going to do. 
but that's not even the big thing about this clip. Um, I'm just wondering, did you notice? Biden never answers the question. He just talks about how well he did in the primaries. And Charlemagne, if he was a decent interviewer, which he's not, he sucks, he has an agenda, he has a narrative, never follows up. He asked Biden specifically, why should blacks vote Democratic? And he starts talking about how he's won all the primaries. That's not an answer. Here's what I would have asked. This is how I would have followed up. What, is, what in the eight years under Barack Obama have you done for the black community? That would have been something. Under Donald Trump, black unemployment has gone down to the lowest since 1968. Why should we not continue with Donald Trump and trust that he knows what he's doing? That would have been two. What did Biden and Brock do in their eight years? Of course, there is no follow-up because he didn't. They didn't do anything. Black unemployment went up to almost, I think it was 14, 15%. It's now under 6%. And I think it's closer to 5%. It was, I mean, after before the pandemic. But we can't ask those questions because orange man bad and Trump has to get kicked out of the White House. Of course, the next topic we need to talk about Soma er pot. We're going to talk about Soma in a few minutes. This is something that was actually discussed by Alex uh, Huxley a hundred years ago, pretty much exactly a hundred years ago. Let's listen to this. Well, you know, Vice President Biden, I've read some of your black agenda and you say that you would decriminalize marijuana. What's the difference between legalizing it and decriminalizing it? because they're trying to find out whether or not there is any impact on the use of marijuana, not in leading you to other drugs, but what it affects, does it affect long-term development of the brain? And we should wait till the studies are done. I think science matters. I think we got, decade, I think we got decades and decades of studies from actual weed smokers though. Yeah, I do. I bet no one catches Biden's quote, black agenda, end quote. Charlemagne sure didn't. Matter of fact, Charlemagne was pushing it. It assumes that blacks smoke weed, and that's why it should be legalized. That's prejudiced and probably racist. Uh, it is kind of disgusting. Again, Biden doesn't answer the question either. He was asked, what's the difference between legalization and uh, the other thing? Uh, legalization and decriminalization. That's what he asked about. And he just goes off on a study, which is probably should be considered another gaffe and should show Charlemagne that this guy really is mentally deficient. He can't even answer a question. Here's the thing. If Biden either can't answer the question or Biden's lying, it, it really is one or the other. So, I personally, I hate drug legalization. I am a libertarian. and I believe people know better than the government on things about their own bodies. But I hate that we make a vice into a virtue. And I'm going to say that one more time at the end of this section. It also reminds me of Brave New World, where the tyrannical government required the use of a drug called Soma. Are you 
it was legal. It was distributed. I mean, Democrats are distri- in places like Los Angeles, California, New York. They are actually distributing drugs, marijuana, to people who need it. In Los Angeles, they're distributing drugs to drug addicts. They pulled off the street and stuck on hotels. It's pretty bad. And they, they uh, in Brave New World, they did this to pacify the society. Make them stupid, make them happy. That's all it was. Here's the thing. I don't believe in drug legalization for a few rules. First, um, there is a societal cost, which includes health care and unemployment. In the old days, if you decided, let's say this was the 70s or 60s, you decide to smoke weed, that's fine. If you're unemployed or you have cancer or whatever, that's really your problem. And that's what pot does cause. And if you couldn't afford an apartment, well, then you live on the street. Your problem is don't use drugs. As a matter of fact, Nancy Reagan's war on drugs thing was all about that. Okay, that's all it was about. Don't do this because there was personal responsibility back then. There's no personal responsibility today. That's sick. That's sad is what it is. But there is no personal responsibility. Whereas if someone is smoking weed and he just is so lazy, decides not to work or he smokes so much weed, he gets lung cancer or emphysema and also doesn't work or doesn't make enough money to take care of all that stuff. The reality is the government's going to be expected to pay for that. That's no good. Pot is a gateway drug for some, not all. Not all people are, 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 it's a gateway drug for. But even if it's a gateway drug for, let's say, 20%, won't you be, by making it illegal, you'll be kind of trying to at least keep it out of the, keep it out of the public? If it's legal, more people will have access to it, just like alcohol. It is addictive because it does contain THC and it does contain nicotine. Nicotine is emotionally addictive, and now they're finding it's actually physically addictive. Now, again, THC isn't quite as addictive as, let's say, cocaine or heroin or even nicotine. But we forgot, smoking pot contains nicotine too. So it is kind of addictive. Um, it is a health risk. Like cigarettes, it does cause cancer. It does cause emphysema. Anyone who tells you it doesn't, they're lying to you. Or they don't know. A lot of people who we used to talk, a lot of people I talk to think that it's just like the perfect drug. It's not. Anytime you breathe in a carcinogen, it's going to cause, it could damage things. It could damage the body. This is just a fact of life. Nothing that you take into your body is 100, 100%. It's just not. It is a mental and emotional retardant. Science is proving, psychology is proving that now. They're saying that you are you will immature mentally and emotionally. And we're not even talking what happens with judgment. It retards judgment too. And in kids, 
that really is the next option. Kids will smoke it. Matter of fact, I smoked it when I was a kid. I know lots of kids that smoke weed. They're going to get to it. I already mentioned that we need to stop making vice into a virtue. We try, We have alcohol already. We tried to prevent alcohol, but it became, it's so ingrained in our society, it only lasted a few years, and then we had to repeal it. Cigarettes is another vice that people would like to get rid of, especially in California. Though my girlfriend points out correctly, half the reason cigarettes are taxed is not to get people to quit cigarettes. It's to get people to pay tax. And I think she's probably right there. We need to stop making vice a virtue. Why take a drug that is on the skirts of society? And it does have its benefits. Pot does have its benefits. Glaucoma, cancer, patients. There is a benefit to that. But the reality is we're going to we're going to end up smoking weed all the time and then trying to get rid of it which probably is not going to happen with the democratic party because the democratic party does not want people to be able to think well they don't why bring something in and it becomes ingrained in the society and then we decide we need to get rid of it and we don't get rid of it. We can't get rid of it because it's ingrained. This is a thing. But this statement also proves one thing. Blacks, uh, um, Biden's black agenda is racist. I will go so far as legalizing weed for blacks is an example of institutional racism. If you're doing it to keep blacks out of jail, that's institutional racism. And I'm really surprised the media didn't, especially the right-wing media on Fox, didn't bother discussing it because it really is disturbing. And when people hear this stuff, they're not going to want to vote for him. And this this last, is it the last? Yeah, this last one is just weird, and I absolutely hate it. Let's listen. I want to ask you about your, your, your running mate. Um, I don't know if you saw... Well, I saw the day that a news report broke that uh, Amy Klobuchar was being vetted, and a lot of people on social media, they're not too happy about that. And um, it's because they want your running mate to be a black woman. I don't know if you saw the op-ed in the Washington Post by some of the leading black women voices in this country, and they feel since black women are such a loyal voting block, and black people saved your political life in the primaries this year. They have things they want from you, and one of them is a black woman running mate. What, what do you say to them? What I say to them is that I'm not acknowledging anybody who is being considered, but I guarantee you there are multiple black women being considered. Multiple. What a cowardly answer. What an absolutely cowardly answer. Sit back and say, hey, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll hire a black woman. Maybe I'll uh, select a black woman. Maybe not. I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. But he doesn't say that. He says, well, they're in consideration. There are multiple black women who are in consideration. It's just a cowardly answer. Answer the question instead of being scared and, and sitting back and ignoring it. But this is there's another thing here. This is why identity politics fails. 
The best candidate, whether a man or a woman, a black, white, straight, gay, isn't important. It's the best candidate, the best person to do the job. Mike Pence is a white man, but he is was one of the best guys, and he turned out to be a very good vice president. It's basically identity politics. It's sick. It's unhealthy for the country. It doesn't help. So you're going to lower your standards because you got to have a black woman. The reason this is a huge issue for leftists is because Biden is not going to be president for very long. He may make it a year. That means the VP will be the president. And the left wants a victim group like uh, a, a black woman, not even a gay man. I mean, we're gone. Transgender would be a lot better. But they want something special. They want a black female president. I remember we used to hire and elect people because they were great at the job. And they would be great at a job. With identity politics, we do it because of race, gender, or victim group. It's not about who can do the best job. And that's just, that's not good. So what did Charlemagne the God say after this whole interview? He was interviewed by, I believe it was the Washington Post. Uh, according to Fox News, he, quote, I see black communities all across America catching hell regardless of who is in the White House. Because we have a bunch of underlying conditions created by systemic racism that have never been fixed. The whole system needs to be dismantled and rebuilt. And he's been a very intricate part of the system. And he is Biden. My takeaway from this conversation was I heard him talking about things that he did for black people back in the day. But you know, what have you done for me lately is my motto. That seems to me to be a very cryptic statement. In other words, it kind of leans both ways. He's not really saying anything. Now, he did say that he heard what Biden has done in the past 40 years and still waiting to hear what Biden has done for blacks in the past 40 years. I don't believe in identity politics, and I don't think Biden's done anything for anybody in the past 40 years. He's a career politician. He's garbage. And to hear something like this, to, to even the thought that he's going to support this human being simply because he is a Democrat really disturbs me. But what I also read into all of that is that there really is no say. He doesn't know what he's thinking. He doesn't know whether Biden's the good guy. He's leaning towards Biden. And Biden has said he wanted to change society. Trump does not want to change society. That is absolutely, he doesn't want to tra change civilization. He never wanted to. What Charlemagne the God, which by the way, I've already told you, I think that's a crappy name. I think he's a piece of crap human being to refer to himself as a God. I think it's just weird. But for him to sit back and say that society needs to be changed, that civilization, capitalism, economic system, everything needs to be eliminated, he's looking at Biden. I just have a feeling he's not 100% sure that Biden will actually be able to do that or will be 
motivated to do that? I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to see. Okay, you can follow me on Twitter at Runninfool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can listen or download my webcast, uh, the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. Visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com and you'll be able to see all the videos and all the audio clips. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Dumbasses.